It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. It's California Wine Country brought to you by uh, Bottle Barn. Tom Simino in today. Dan Berger is back with us. Our guest is the return of Peter Merriam, Merriam Vineyards. Peter, good to see you. Good to see you. And your Steve, son? This is my son, Evans. We'll get into all this in a moment. First, Mike Martini's still with us from Taft Street. And explain again what you brought in two weeks ago. I, I will do that, and I'll get out of your hair. So this is an ongoing uh, Steve Jackson uh, winemaking lesson 102. So <laughs> 14 days ago, I brought you Chardonnay juice that had just been pressed. Uh, no fermentation, a uh, high laxative value. Today, I'm bringing you uh, 10 days of barrel-fermented uh, Chardonnay. So now this has got about oh, three-quarters of the way through uh, the fermentation process. So now you're getting a little alcohol with your laxative. And you said about 10% alcohol. I, that's a pure uh, wild-ass guess. It could be a little <laughs> bit lower than that. It could be a little higher than that. Uh, you got Dan Berger here. He could probably get it down to the uh, point. but uh, Well, the whole wine world is uh, about wild-ass guesses, I think, in many ways. I, yeah, in, including the investment in a winery. <laughs> I like this better, uh, probably because I know it's 10% alcohol, and the other one had none. <laughs> but no, that... That's uh, and when is this going to become an actual Chardonnay that's uh, sellable? Probably next July. Okay. Because uh, so from here it'll it'll stay in barrel. It'll get blended with a, a little bit of uh, stainless steel. It's still the next lesson will be malolactic fermentation. The secondary fermentation hmm. I'll be able to bring you in about uh, a month. As it stands, it's not the most visually appealing beverage. <laughs> so so the yeast are quite active right now, and we're stirring the lees. So now it's a whole pretty cloudy. If you look at the bottom of the sample bottle, you can actually see some of the dead yeast that are already uh, falling out of the bottle. That's fascinating stuff. Well, Mike Martini, Taft Street Winery. Thank you, sir. So, so bring your checkbook, and you too can own a winery. Anyway, thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks. I'll leave you in good hands. <laughs> All right, Tom. Yes, Jackson. Explain our guests and the whole thing with Merriam uh, Vineyards. Well, it's my buddy Peter Merriam and his son Evan, and they're both from my hometown in uh, in Maine, central Maine. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm actually from Chisholm, which is a <laughs> borough of Jay, and Peter's from Livermore Falls, and there's a county line that runs in between. Brenda went to high school, same high school with Peter. That's right, her, and yeah. her sister Judy. Yeah, and uh, my brother with the, and Peter were best friends. So when I came out to California, we came out here to play music. Peter, we used to go back east, and Peter would see us play. And when I got into the wine business, Peter got into the liquor business in Boxford, Mass. And he kept telling me, listen, I'm going to buy a vineyard out there. And it was like... In Sonoma County. In Sonoma County. And it was in the early 90s. And I said, man, you know, price of land is going up, man. This is the wrong time to buy a vineyard. And he said, well, oh, well keep, keep me informed. I'm looking to buy. So 90, 95, 96, 97. He says, man, the price of grapes, I mean, price of land is going up every time I turn around. So finally in 2000, I was at a party at Keith Meets' house, and he said he was going to sell his vineyard. So I hooked Peter and Keith up, and he bought the ranch. And Peter told me. Keith from the Doobies? Keith Meets. Oh, I thought you said Knudsen. No. Never mind. <laughs> And Peter said, you know, if I'd have bought it in 1990, I'd probably save myself a half a million dollars. But anyway, he bought the ranch, Windacre, and we're going to taste some of those grapes today. And uh, he's got his own Merriam Vineyards now. And Evan, yes. his son, is here with him, and 
that's going to be the second generation taking over here when Peter gets as old as I am and uh, has to say Evan, get right on your microphone. Explain what it is you do or what you're going to do besides take over He's when you're old it man. Now. <laughs> yeah, what I, uh, what I like to do right now is get my hands dirty in the winemaking process with their winemaker, William, who can't be here tonight because we're swamped in the winery today. Harvest. Yeah, it's going, and it's going quickly. That's what we've heard. Uh, we also heard that, uh, who was in yesterday with Carissa? I forget. Uh, oh, from Reynoso. Yes, Reynoso. Uh, and uh, he said that uh, it's it's a good uh, harvest, but light, much lighter than they would, uh, uh, you know, hope for, I guess. You bet. Yeah, my, my uh, Cabernet came in very light. My Chardonnay actually was heavy, so go figure. Yeah, it's kind of flipped, hasn't it, Evan? You know, with some lots and some areas and stuff have been a little bit heavier. Um, I think from last year we're up a little bit uh, in tonnage. Oh, good. Uh, we'll have to wait until, you know, the dust settles and, and figure it all out. But, yeah, the fruit um, seems exceptional this year, though. Uh, That's what we though, heard yesterday, too. Yeah, yeah, even though we've had this heat. Um, you know, persistent, you know, over the last almost a month. Um, everything's coming in all at once, but everything's coming in really, really good. That's what we've but heard. the heat we had at the beginning of August only lasted two days, so it really went backwards. Yeah, that's that's true. We only had, I think, Tom, you and I were talking, only three heat spikes uh, up until uh, what you were saying yeah, in, were, in August. Last oh. year, comparatively, there were 13 heat spikes of over 100 degrees. Uh, we measured this at the ranch. Yeah. This year, there were only six. So, and if you had water, you're good. I mean, if you talk to some growers out there that don't have water or didn't have enough water, it's a really nightmare. So we have to pray for rain here as we uh, as we proceed into the fall and winter. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Yeah, unfortunately, Peter, give us the true history on when you came out here. When was your first vintage, and how it all began for you? As a winery owner. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I first got introduced to a really great uh, bottle of French uh, Burgundy wine, you know, back in the late 70s uh, with a good doctor friend of mine, actually Evan's godfather. And uh, I'm like, this is a game changer. Uh, and so my wife and I were fortunate enough to uh, honeymoon uh, all the uh, different regions in France. Uh, and when I, we came back, I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? And so we bought what we call a package store uh, back east. Um, and I ran a, a wine shop, uh, a package store of full liquor and all that and such for 20 years. Um, and coming out to see uh, Tom uh, quite frequently, uh, I think I started coming to uh, um, to Hillsburg in 1982 uh, was our first you know, uh, time out here in, uh, in Sonoma County. Really? Wow. Yeah. And uh, Tom got tired. Of, he alluded to it. He got tired of me kind of sleeping on his couch and, and hanging out. And uh, Yeah, he said of, that to me not long ago. <laughs> we used to call it Peter's Room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so we just went out and started kicking dirt, um, you know, got into a couple of bidding situations. Like Tom said, the price was going up. Uh, a lot of uh, the dot-com era, um, people were coming up here for second homes, private homes, and, and we were fortunate enough to uh, run into uh, Keith Meats. And uh, that was a really quick learning curve because in June of 2000, we purchased the vineyard from him, and we made, uh, made wine in September of that year. Uh, so with the help of Rich Thomas, Tom you know, Simino, and uh, uh, John Grace, our vineyard management uh, company, uh, they really helped us along. So our first vintage was in 2000, 12 acres of Merlot. 
And real quick story, you know, 18 months in oak, a year and a half in the bottle before uh, it was released to the market. And uh, that's right when the movie Sideways came out. But I'm happy to say that we're tasting two double gold uh, Merlots uh, today from our vineyard, 2017 and 2019. Well, Tom, as you know, I love Merlot. And that movie Sideways pissed me off. (laughs) You know, I was saying. a lot of Merlot growers, too. Yeah, yeah. But then Merlot, and as we've talked about this before with Dan and you, uh, Merlot got to a point where a lot of people were making it and not it was, realizing... It was, o- it was overplanted, and a lot of people were making bad, bad Merlot. Bad Merlot, yeah, exactly. When that movie uh, came out, there were a total of 58,000 acres of Merlot planted in the state of California, up from 8,000 acres seven years earlier. So, obviously, the 50,000 acres that were added were in the wrong place. End of story. <laughs> we call it wrong region Merlot. And uh, it, 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 I, I always say that, you know, that the casket was there and it, the last nail in the coffin was sideways. Because Merlot was, even though it was, you know, there was a lot planted, it, there was, it was on its downturn. Yeah. And it really... Uh, it took a dive, and what's happened is it's now flushed out all the wrong region Merlot, and the the Merlot that's in the marketplace today it's is good. some stunning stuff. Yeah, I we're going to taste two of them here in a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Evan kind of grew up on Merlot because that's the only thing that we made for the first five years was uh, wow. was Merlot. Yeah, I believe it was my first sip of alcohol that I've ever had, and that was in the good days of that, Merlot. that we know about. Yeah. <laughs> But the whole thing has leveled out, and now they're... Well, isn't really Merlot still the number two red wine in, in the country? Yeah, but the, the interesting thing is that Merlot is better, better than it's ever been, partially as a result of the winemakers realizing that you cannot make Cabernet out of Merlot, and you can't make Merlot out of Cabernet. You, you, they're two different grapes. And when you try to cross-purpose those varieties... You end up with a chicken with three legs. That's not what you want. You want you want a variety that actually smells like a variety. That's a very burgerish <laughs> statement. I love that. That picture is going to be in my head for a while now. Thanks, Dan. So, so, so we, what, we've got we've got, got a Chardonnay. Yeah, okay. We've got a Chardonnay here, Peter. Tell us, about uh, Evan. You're the Chardonnay drinker in the family. Yeah. So, um, so we don't grow Chardonnay at the moment, but we're Russian River Valley brand. So. We've always been sourcing um, Chardonnay from the Russian River. We were fortunate to get a, uh, a really nice vineyard. In 2018 was the first vintage that we made the undisclosed Chardonnay. Um, I they, love that. But the they, undisclosed Chardonnay. Yeah. They wouldn't let us uh, use any of their names. Um, really? So we had to come up with our own. And therefore, we end up with the uh, undisclosed Chardonnay. What year is this? This is the uh, 19. So this is our second vintage of the same concept as uh, a Chardonnay it's guy. It's delicious. I think this is wonderful. Yeah, really is nice, man. And uh, uh, Peter, your wife Diana is yep. a co-proprietor. Correct, at, uh, Miriam, with you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Very nice. Yep, and uh, she's on her way out. Uh, we actually have an event uh, this weekend for our wine oh, club. I thought you meant you were divorcing her. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No. Um, yeah, we're having uh, our annual uh, wine club uh, uh, lobster bake. Uh, we're flying in uh, some lobsters from Maine. Uh, oh. This I think this is the sixth or seventh annual uh, event that we've had, and that's on Saturday night. So. Wow. Yeah. And unfortunately for those listening, it is sold out. So, Except, Unless your name's Steve Jackson. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. 
Chardonnay lover Jackson goes great with Maine lobster. Oh, man. I'm telling you. And a little butter. A little butter. Got to have a butter. A lot of butter, in my opinion, Tom. Now, this Chardonnay, man, is really nice. Uh, barrel fermented, I'm assuming. Yes, French oak. Yes, about thirty yeah. percent new oak. Yeah, it's it's really delightful. It's got a almost a tangerine thing going on. You getting that, Dan? Uh, sort of a uh, I kind of orange peel was what I was noting. Yeah, uh, I got some of that. Really interesting flavors. And we try to get it in a little bit a uh, little bit early too on the lighter side of the bricks. Um, so this is like I think thirteen five in alcohol. No, fourteen even. Fourteen even, I think. So I think the the best part about Russian River Valley is it provides good acidity, and that's this wine really uh, does uh, display that wonderful acidity that you get naturally in the Russian River. It's not coming from a bag, you know. You you, right. you can adjust the acidity anytime you want to, but the best strategy is to not do it at all if you can avoid it. Correct. Well, um, just well made Chardonnay. It really this is. is. Really, what's I mean, the price on this? Um, this we sell for forty five dollars yeah, through the good. tasting room uh, and four dollars a bottle barn if you just want to check. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody I'm sorry. if anybody knows, but Peter's label has just changed and you've got a beautiful new uh, white label with kind of the Russian River theme going through it. With the terroir around it, it really looks Correct. nice. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of Evans doing right here. Uh, the new rains, I guess, um, you know, pulling in, getting a little fresher, you know, vibe look. And um, Evan, if you want to explain the Evan, tears and before such. you explain that. He wants a little more Chardonnay like over there. <laughs> that is really good Chard. Uh, go ahead, uh, Evan. Explain whatever your dad wanted you to explain. I yeah, so we're... Uh, <laughs> I was obsessed with getting another taste of the shard, so go ahead. We're moving forward with a, uh, you know, a contemporary look uh, that reflects the Russian River Valley. And like Tom was saying, you know, the unique terroir that comes with our region, which is the Eastern Hills neighborhood of the Russian River, um, which allows us to grow a wide variety of different uh, grape varietals. Um, so part of our, our strategy is to uh, create a design that uh, helps us showcase the different tiers of wines that we're making from our state vineyards. Those are beautiful labels. And yeah, also really um, showcase you know that variety that I was talking about before. Evan, talk about William Weiss, the winemaker. He looks like he's 12. Yeah, Will, Will's <laughs> a little bit older than 12. <laughs> he's uh, very much older than 12 after today because yeah. he's been working since like 4 o'clock this morning. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Will's uh, Will's been working very hard these days, and uh, Will's a great guy. Good addition to our team. Just came on board last year, actually, and we're looking forward to his wines that will be coming out um, shortly. But and what's his experience in the wine world as a winemaker? So Will's been uh, consulting for a few brands over the last few years, and uh, most recently when he joined us, he's become our full-time winemaker. Um, so he's in charge of our vineyard management operation and oversees all of our wine production in our facility. Did he go to UC Davis, Fresno, or anything? Um, he went to Chico, Chico State. Okay. Um, he studied, I believe, uh, agricultural business. Um, a lot of his experiences has been, um, you know, getting out there in the field and, and working, gaining that wine industry knowledge through um, travel. I know that he's worked at few harvests in both uh, the southern hemisphere and over in, in Europe. Cool. Yeah. So he's a great, great addition to our team. We're really excited to have him. And so full, full disclosure, the Simino brand is also made at Merriam's. So I've, I've got a, a, a really great feel for their custom crush program. So if any of you uh, growers out there are looking to start your own wine brand because you're trying to 
get rid of some grapes or something, go ahead and start it and talk to Peter, and uh, they'll make some great wine for you. I don't know if I didn't even tell you, Jackson, but at the Harvest Fair this this year, Peter won what two two double goals, uh, three double goals, three double goals. Simino, we won four. How about that? The kid from across the tracks. Who did you have to pay off, John? Well, it's seven of us. Uh, here we are, two Mainers, and we got seven gold medals at the Harvest Yeah, there you go. That's, so yeah. come on, boys. Yeah. Very cool. The aggregate's pretty cool. That's right. It's California Wine Country every Wednesday in the 5 o'clock hour, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger back with us, but our uh, host today is Tom Simino, bringing his uh, great friend Peter Miriam here. From Miriam Vineyards and uh, Peter's son, Evan. I, I, I'm looking at uh, MiriamVineyards.com, and I love some of this bio stuff. I love the fact that uh, Peter was quoted as saying, I focus on the details at a very slow speed. <laughs> Who does that sound like? <laughs> huh? Harry? Awfully s- familiar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, focus? Uh, uh, no. No. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I haven't heard this show in five years, <laughs> and we're on our 14th year. Uh, but I love this. Um, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, as a vineyard, Peter finds that the discipline, determination, and singular focus that he has developed through skiing and fishing are the same skills that serve him well in the vineyard. And you're, you're a fly fisherman. Yes, yes, oh, I am. Oh, man. Yeah, quite avid. Since I was a teenager, Seriously. I wanted to try and be a fly fisherman. Oh, you got to do it, man. Peter Merriam, this is a, uh, a rosé of Pinot. Yes, 100%. What year? This is 19? 2020. Oh, it is? Yes. It's a 20. It's a 20, yes. And this is the double and gold medal winner? Double right? gold uh, medal winner, yeah. And uh, this start. comes from uh, our, our location where our winery and, uh, and tasting room are located on uh, Los Amigos Road. Um, and you're open right now, even though some wineries aren't. You oh, yeah, are. yeah, we're totally open. Beautiful patio area overlooking, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, down toward... Reservations the required, I assume. Res- it's suggested, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, uh, but you know, a great outside patio and such, and uh, overlooking this Pinot Noir vineyard, uh, we have five different clones of Pinot on that vineyard site, and uh, we use the lighter clones, uh, 115 and 23. Uh, most importantly, what we do with the rosé is a whole cluster press. Um, Explain it, that further. Uh, well, there's kind of two different ways to make the rosé. One would be to pull it off the tank when we make our regular red uh, Pinot Noir called the Saunier. Uh, but we think that we get a little bit brighter acidity, um, a little bit more fruit, uh, and we can really control the skin contact. Um, and really watch that press as it's uh, coming out uh, and cut it off at the desired uh, color that we like. Um, it goes into stainless steel to be settled out and then uh, in uh, neutral oak barrels. Um, and Tom, give me your thoughts alcohol, on this right? rosé. 13.4. Give so me your uh, picked, thoughts on this rosé. It, it was picked to be lovely. a rosé. Those are the best rosé. A lot of time the Sanye yeah. process, you know, it's kind of an afterthought. Well, you, what you do is you, you bleed the tank before they... St- get color and but that grape was picked to be a sangiovese or a pinot noir red but if you pick to be a, a rosé you're picking a lower sugar Absolutely. with a higher acid and you make a wonderful look the color of this is is stunning it's 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 pale it's it's one almost like i would almost think this is french what do you think Dave? it is pale salmon 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 yeah. there you go salmon color <laughs> a one word burger at it yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> but well, he throws one word out and it makes total sense. Everybody yeah. gets it. Salmon. Salmon. 
that's what I'm having for dinner tonight. And this yeah. rosé would go perfectly with it. But anyway, this is it's crisp, it's delicate. It's everything a rosé should be, and this is a perfect Thanksgiving wine. Sure, wonderful uh, patio wine. Patio wine for sure, with uh, with nice uh, acidity and a little bit of tannin quality from that whole cluster pressing. Yeah, um, so it holds up really well on the barbecue for sure. Mm. This this is it's like creamy, I said, lovely. It's, it's, just, yeah. it's everything a rosé mm. should be, and that's why rosés are so popular. And twenty five bucks. Correct. Right. That's perfect. a steal. Yeah, it is. Now, guys, I, too, have been perusing the website, and I've found lots of information about Peter, and Uh I've found lots of information about Diana, although it does not mention that she's on her way out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Your winemaker, your hospitality manager, but not a thing on Evan. So, Evan, give us some more of your story. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. We have a uh, we have a new website that we're working on. Okay, at the moment, so um, my bio will be coming out soon. Yeah. Well, give it a uh, do us now. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, like my dad had mentioned before, I've just sort of grown up in wine a little bit. Um, with you know them starting the company back in two thousand, I was eight years old. So the first sip of alcohol I'm pretty sure that I had was that Windacre Merlot that we started with um, back in the two thousand vintage. It was in a shiner. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were sitting around the kitchen table, um, and I, I hated it. Um, <laughs> it was the worst thing I had ever tried. <laughs> but uh, flash forward a few years, and um, I came out here for my first harvest in 2014, and I uh, just really enjoyed making wine. Um, came out here a few times before that in high school to help out with bottlings during the summertime or during March break, um, and I just like the industry overall. Um, so moving forward, I graduated from college, moved out pretty much immediately, and started working full-time with our winemaker. Peter, do you uh, have other cellar. kids who uh, are working in, in the wine world at Mary? Yeah, he's uh, working with his sister this year. Uh, they've all worked in the winery. There are four children. Oh, cool. uh, Evan's cool. actually uh, a middle twin child, um, and uh, his... Um, Younger sister, Danielle, uh, who's been out here for two years now, I think, right, after school. Um, And um, she is the lab assistant uh, this year. And she's been helping Evan in uh, hospitality and, uh, you know... uh, um, so she, yeah, she she really loves it as well. Explain what a let, let lab assistant does. She, I, I'm interrupting you. I, I, yeah, I'm going to interrupt you a little bit. When I brought my grapes in over there, she was driving the forklift. Forklift, that's so, true. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a utility and field sure for sure. I just made sure my truck wasn't anywhere near. Her <laughs> was. But no, she was driving the forklift, moving. You know, I mean, his kids are making wine over there. Yeah, it's a family affair, and it's wonderful to see. That's true. I shouldn't have. Pigeonholed her into the into the lab. Yeah, she does it all. Out. Evan but does the, it the all. The lab thing uh, when it comes to wineries. Mm-hmm. Talk about what a lab person uh, does in this world. Yeah, well, um, she's mostly involved with samples that we bring in from the vineyard and such, taking the sugars, the pH, uh, and TA. Um, and every morning she does the rounds uh, where she goes into every single tank and takes the bricks, uh, the temperature. Um, Which and, is so important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's controlling, um, you know, the fermentation. Right. The best thing a winery can do is to make the wine in the vineyard. Make it with the grapes and let the grapes you've do all the talking. You've always said that. Exactly. But once they're in the house, then you've got some dancing to do. And you can make adjustments, but you have to do extremely careful research in the laboratory before you can make those decisions. And that's what the lab work is all about. It's a transition between the grapes and the wine. Yeah, the field to the house. 
absolutely. Um, as far as the uh, first off, uh, Peter or Evan, explain exactly where you folks are and where people can go taste these amazing mm-hmm. wines. Evan? Yeah, so we're on uh, Los Amigos Road in between Arata Lane and Limerick Lane, right in between Windsor and Healdsburg. So if you're taking uh, 101 North, I believe it's exit 499, 299? We're in Northern California. We don't yeah. do numbers uh, okay. <laughs> on the exits. Don't you have the big sign? This is Miriam right on the, on yeah. right on right? the fence. You, you yeah. drive right by it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've you know, it's that. like I was, when, I, when we used to do those one-minute pieces, my piece was, you can't get there from here because yeah. he's right smack in between the Arata Lane uh, exit, Arata's, and... What's that Russian River? What's the no the the Old one uh, Limerick Lane Limerick Lane. Limerick what's Lane. The, what does yeah. it say Old on the Redwood. freeway? Arata. Old Redwood Old Highway. Redwood mm-hmm. So Old Redwood Highway is right. the north exit, right. and Arata Lane is the south exit. Correct. You're right smack in between, and there you are. And when yeah. can people do wine tastings? And again, uh, reservations are recommended. Yeah, we're open uh, daily from ten to five every day. Every day. Yeah. That's nice. So you'll see me or my dad at the moment or Danielle or... Your uh, dad at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> before, before well, you know, his wife is on the way out. on the way out. Yeah, exactly. I tell you, the place was packed. Uh, there, Everybody was on the deck sipping wine and yeah. hipping and hollering. And it was amazing. Yeah. And our, our manager, too, we should uh, give Allison a plug. She's doing a fantastic job with us. Uh, um, just give her a call uh, or go on to our website, you know, to book a reservation that's preferred. Uh, but we do take uh, walk-ins. We... we don't turn anybody away. MiriamVineyards.com. Correct. And uh, as far as retail, uh, this show's brought to you by Bottle Barn. I'm sure you're available at Bottle Barn. We're going to give Barry a call shortly. Barry! <laughs> Pay attention, dude. I, I was judging the Harvest Fair last week, and Barry was saying, who are you having on the radio next week? And I said, Miriam Vineyard. He said, Jesus, you have to have Peter give me a call because I want to bring his wines in. So... Next week, the, the Merriam Vineyards Metal yep, Winners should be. will be All at right. Bottle yeah. Barn. Yeah, the, uh, Bottle Barn has been great to us, uh, you know, when we have these uh, sweepstakes and awards and such sure. like that. So, sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great, uh, have, you great ever heard, have you ever heard that before, uh, that Bottle, Bottle Barn's great? great? <laughs> <laughs> well, if Barry would come back in, he would tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but I know uh, they've been a sponsor of this segment for uh, 10 years, and uh, yes, they are great. They're, there's no one like them, yeah, possibly no. in uh, the state. Or uh, 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 Give uh, Dan the mic. <laughs> I have done research on the Internet about every wine shop in the United States that has an opportunity to sell California wine, imported wine, and I've checked those prices very, very carefully. And there is no one who has lower prices anywhere in the country than Bottle Barn. And uh, also featuring more wines. More and, wines. And it's, beers and spirits. It's almost impossible to walk in there saying, I'll be only an hour. <laughs> right. I agree. Oh, let, me, let me just say this. Seminole Wines, we sell everything direct. But the gold medal winners from the Harvest Fair are right now at Bottle Barn. And this Friday, they'll be up at, uh, in Healdsburg at Big John's. So I'm a little, I have to have my little pitch for Big John's. In no, Healdsburg. that's fine. We love Big yeah. John's. And, uh, and Bottle Barn. They're there now. Friday, they'll be up in, in Healdsburg at Big John's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are we, we going to check? Is this a Merlot? We're going to yes. check a Merlot, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm a big Merlot fan. And I do understand uh, the 
the past and that movie Sideways. Correct. And, and the fact that uh, Tom and Dan have said over the years uh, that there became a time when everyone was planting Merlot and making Merlot, and they didn't have a clue as to what they're doing, but it's mellowed out now. Right? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the better Merlot growers uh, and producers are, that stuck around are just making fabulous Merlots. Like you guys, Dan? Yeah. This is a fabulous Merlot. Um, this really works in at least two different directions. Number one, it's varietally c- perfectly correct. Absolutely exact. Uh, a textbook example of what it's supposed to be. It gives you the the... Black olive, it gives you a trace of oregano, it gives a little bit of that black cherry component. It gives you everything you want, but the aftertaste gives you more because then immediately after tasting it, you say, Oh, wait a minute, it goes with food too. Not only does it smell good, but it tastes so good you want to immediately pair it with something. Uh, ta- uh, somebody yeah. talk about the food that, because uh, anything. To me, would go good with this Merlot. Right? Yeah, probably so. But I, I would definitely go for some grilled meats as opposed to Cabernet. I much prefer Merlot with grilled meats because it gives you less tannin, and you don't have to worry about how much fat you're taking in in the meat. Fat is there to cut through the tannin of Cabernet. If you have a lean piece of meat, you want Merlot. Yeah, this you know a lot of times people forget about when they're pairing. Uh, beef, say, with whatever, Cabernet or Merlot, and they're not thinking about the texture. This is a tenderloin. You want to have a tenderloin of beef grilled perfectly, medium rare, with your Merlot, Mm. as opposed to, say, you know, a young Cabernet. You might need a New York strip, you know, that that has that that kind of almost a a gamey, bitey, you know, more, um, the mouthfeel is more aggressive. And by the way, Gamey Bitey playing tonight <laughs> at Hot Monk in Nevada. Yeah. I like to invent a few words. You know, hey, come on. So are we going to try another Merlot? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. California wine country, Dan Berger, Tom Simino. Tom has brought in his longtime friend, Peter Miriam. Uh, and Peter has brought in his, I'm assuming, longtime son, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> One time son. <laughs> I mean, this He's is, on his way out, isn't this he? Is not new. <laughs> on, on loan. <laughs> Undisclosed son. MiriamVineyards.com. We're tasting another. Actually, no. We're tasting the Cab Franc. Oh, I love Cab Franc. We moved right along. Moving right along. Cab Franc Sinatra. Yeah, just. And this is this is one of Dan's favorite wines. I love Cabernet Franc as a varietal. I know you do. And you turned me on to Cab Franc uh, a number of years ago, and I've become a big fan. It's 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 more interesting in some ways than Cabernet Sauvignon, but especially because it's got a future. Cabernet Sauvignon is sort of finished, so that's another story. We'll get to that another day. Another. I'm month. not a cab fan, so Dan and I were debating that in the uh, green room, and uh, I think we're going to move right along. Peter, yeah. you want to tell us about this uh, this cab front? Well, uh, when I was back in retail in Massachusetts and such, um, um, I. Had never really heard of Cabernet Franc, and um, I think it was Pride Mountain had one available and yeah. in, in, in wholesale. And I had a bottle of it, and I'm like, you know, with my feet up on my desk, if I ever have my own vineyard, I'm going to grow some Cabernet Franc. Uh, lo and behold, uh, we have been making Cabernet Franc since 2002, 
But when we first started, we had 12 acres of Merlot, and we wanted to make it more Bordeaux-style, all of our Bordeaux wines Bordeaux-style, bright and uh, acidity, nice tannin structure with ageability. And uh, we commissioned some Cabernet Franc from Dry Creek Valley in 2002. Wow. Uh, we blended it into our uh, 2002 uh, Merlot, and we put some off to the side and kind of forgot about it in the wine cellar, and then we went back and tasted it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got to make this a 100% varietal. So we've been making it since 2002. Well, it truly is amazing. I, uh, and I, is, uh, Dan, Isn't that nice, man? Wow. Oh, it's beautiful. Dan, Dan has turned me on to Cabernet Franc uh, for a while. How hard is that grape to grow? Is it a, a tough one? Um, it's actually quite vigorous, you know, compared to a Cabernet or a Merlot and stuff, so you really have to, you know, pull it back a little bit. We do some green harvesting uh, earlier in uh, in the season to open up the uh, um, the area underneath the vine, and uh, and sometimes we'll go through during veration and drop a little bit of the fruit, so we don't get that uneven ripeness. Uh, one of the things with Cabernet Franc is you want to get away and steer away from that greener herbaceousness uh, and by reducing the crop load allowing it to uh, fully mature and ripen uh, cuts down on that quite a bit so uh, we treat this just like we do our merlot or cab 18 months in uh, 35 percent new french oak uh, and a year and a half in the bottle before it's released to the market you know the crazy thing is it's like right in between merlot and cabernet sauvignon it ripens just in between them so it's a perfect addition if I think it's one of Cabernet's best friends. So something to deal with that you can deal with. Yeah, you got Merlot comes in a little early, then it's Cab Franc, and then it's the Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, well, actually, our Cabernet Franc hangs the longest on that really? period because we're in such a cool area Got over it. there off the bend in the Russian River. Uh, the Russian River itself, you know, it's only a quarter of a mile away, right behind uh, Fopianos. Got it. Uh, and we're, you know, two good drivers away if you're a golfer. <laughs> It would be about five really good casts. <laughs> if you're fishing. Get that fly fishing in there. I, I wish. You know, you may have to take me fly fishing. I would love to do that. Once I get my MRI and I can walk again. Yeah. Uh, We're yeah. going to have to hire a camera crew to record that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, wait a minute. You, you don't need to walk. They call it fly fishing, right? <laughs> oh, I can fly. <laughs> I, I know that. I just can't walk. We'll, we'll get you in a nice drift boat. Peter Miriam and his son Evan from MiriamVineyards.com. Tom, thank you so much. That story is amazing that you've I know, known Peter from Maine for all these years. couple yeah. of Mainers yeah. with seven gold medals. Thank seven you, gold medals. Thank you. I think I'll take a bow. <laughs> Peter, take yes, a bow. Because you, you have four and he has three. <laughs> oh, that's true. I'll take the bow. <laughs> Peter and Evan, thank you guys so much. And thank uh, you, Steve. Great to see you. And yeah, thank you for we'll do it again. And Tom, as always, bless you, my yep, son. See you next month. Yes, you will.